You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am Jeff Ellis. As promised, we're talking about Brad Hand and Roberto Perez and what both of those players mean for the Indians' approach to free agency and just how they're evaluating talent. We will talk about a crazy idea I had today I brought up on Twitter, another way to kind of fill the uh, the talent void the Indians have. And uh, before all of that, let's just talk about the some of the awards that were announced today, at least the finalists, I should say. Starting with AL MVP, an award that uh, has not come to Cleveland since, I believe, 53. I know it was Al Rosen. I'm not sure what year it was. Your finalists, Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, and Jose Ramirez. I get that uh, Jose Abreu led the majors in RBIs. He was first in hits and slugging percentage and finished second in home runs. But I honestly thought Tim Anderson was the better candidate for the Chicago White Sox and I do think Abreu being a first baseman and you know not bringing a ton of value there limits him. LeMahieu is a Yankee and that's always going to benefit him and you know he led all of uh, the majors in average and and in the AL and on base and OPS so if I'm a betting man I'm betting it goes to LeMahieu we'll see. Um, For Jose Ramirez after a dip in 2019 he is no worse than third which if he finishes third in 2020 that would mean three of the last four years he finished third in the MVP uh, legitimately has a case to win the award um, it was interesting over here in MLB that like if he had had a full season he would have had 45 home runs and 27 stolen bases I, I think advanced numbers you lead towards Jose Ramirez but uh if I'm betting, I'm probably betting on LeMahieu. So let's now turn around and talk about the Cy Young interesting group. Uh, Kenta Maeda, remember that he was like, he wasn't a throw-in. Like I have written many articles and talked about even when that trade happened about how Kenta Maeda was a guy that even though the Indians had pitching, I would have loved to have seen them acquire because Kenta Maeda uh, had such a team-friendly contract, and he's going to be a great pitcher for a while. Probably not quite as good as he was this year, but he's going to be no worse than a solid 4-5 at a very reasonable price for the Minnesota Twins for years to come. Uh, What they gave up for him, they will gladly do every time because they traded a guy who's likely a reliever and got a guy with multiple years of control to be a starter. We do have a big free agent signing who is top three for the Cy Young. Uh, not Garrett Cole. Instead, it's uh, Yun Jin Ryu, who uh, health was basically his biggest issue with the Dodgers, goes to Toronto. And that's right. Look at this list right now. Don't count Shane Bieber. The other two pitchers pitched with the Dodgers last year. So the Dodgers staff lost the number two and number three pitchers in the American League, and they still won the World Series. What a year for the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, Bieber's going to win that award in a walk. I don't see any way that he doesn't get that. Uh, there's nothing, uh, no way he doesn't win. Uh, NL Cy Young, Bauer, Darvish, and DeGrom. I'd probably go with DeGrom. If betting man, I'm thinking Bauer. Um, 
we go ahead and I realized I didn't break down the NL MVP, Betts, Freeman, Machado. I'm betting that goes Betts just as a capper on the season he had. Uh, your rookie of the year, Baum, Cronworth, and Devin Williams. I think Devin Williams was just so good. Like, he'd be my pick, and I think he might get it. Cronworth, Cronenworth, there was a time where he looked like he was walking away with it. I mean, Baum was great for them, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Devin Williams. And just how utterly, uh, he was the best reliever in baseball this past year. AL, uh, Kyle Lewis, Luis Robert, Christian Javier. Uh, I know Javier was solid, but uh, honestly, Karen Chalk probably should have been top three for that. It's Kyle Lewis's to lose. Uh, Robert had a, a fade late in the year, which made it easy for Lewis to, to get. Uh, I think Cash probably wins manager of the year. We won't debate the World Series stuff. National League. Um, you know, I think maybe Tingler gets it. I, I don't know if they'll give it to Mattingly or not, but I could also see it going there. I can't see it going to uh, David Ross with the Cubs. Uh, again, that's a team that faded late. So that's kind of a quick breakdown of your awards winners. Uh, let's discuss Brad Hand and Roberto Perez. It's interesting, as I was talking about on last night's show, that uh, the difference in salary is only about $4 million between them. So why did the Indians go with Perez, who had his struggles this year, and not go with Hand, who was a top three finalist for the Reliever of the Year award? Uh, what made them decide to go with the catcher? And I think more than anything else, this shows us how little the Indians are valuing the 2020 numbers, um, specifically with a reliever. It's such a small sample size that there was no information you could really gleam from Brad Hand. Uh, good or bad, you can't take a whole ton from any reliever who pitched under 20 innings. There's just not much there. And his velocity, all of my concerns I stayed before the season about the declining velocity uh, are still there. He got by amazingly well with, you know, uh, pitch location and uh, trickery, and you wonder how effective that would have been uh, a second time through, or how effective it would have been uh, a third time through. And obviously teams have concerns, because Brad Hand didn't get claimed. There was not a team out there who thought that he was worth $10 million. Not one team. It was In the past one-year contracts, those were always easy. Um, I'm not sure if that speaks to the general difficulties that are going to be impending, if that speaks to the finances, or if it speaks to teams realizing that Brad Hand's numbers were a very small sample size and that he has been showing signs of decline for a few years now. On the other side of things, Roberto Perez, defense doesn't uh, slump. And Roberto Perez is a top three defensive catcher. There are going to be teams with needs a catcher. There just are. And if you're the Indians and you believe in Austin Hedges, uh, Roberto Perez could have trade value. It is still a very reasonable contract for a starter to make under $6 million a year. When you look at the overall market last year, there were teams scrambling in the secondary market for a catcher. There is a chance to conceivably flip him, or if you really value him, maybe you see if there's a market out there for Austin Hedges. There was talk about uh, multiple teams uh, contacting the Padres about him last offseason, and and he's still the same player he was then, uh, still the same warts, still the same pluses, basically still the same salary. So uh, either player, they might just sit back and see, you know, who misses out on Real Muto and who is going to be chasing or looking. Um, honestly, uh, we'll talk about in the second half of the show, but I think there is uh, another trade that could make a lot of sense involving one of the catchers. 
So, uh, we're back here, and the honestly, in involving one of the catchers, I think when you go and you look at uh, Sports Track, I'm just going to pull it up and confirm this right now. And I do realize I keep messing it up. I want to call it Sports Track because I go there to track things. It's uh, spotrack.com or, or you know, S P O T R A C. I love to go there and look at the multi year summaries. And we're kind of delayed in talking about the NL East for trades, so let's let's go there and talk about my favorite team. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you should definitely know what team that is. You should know which team uh, I am talking about. If I talk about my favorite team to make trades with in general, let alone if I'm talking about the NL East, and that is the New York Mets. And that's because the New York Mets have bats for days, and they have some clear needs that match up very much with where the Indians have strengths. So the Mets in 2021, Thomas Nitto is their number one catcher. He is not a starter. They need a catcher. They currently have a pair of first basemen on reasonable contracts. Pete Alonso is one of their centerpieces, so he's not going anywhere. But Dom Smith, obviously, could be someone who goes. Uh, Robinson Cano makes an ungodly amount of money. Jeff McNeil, some of the shines coming off due to injuries the past few years with him just hasn't had the opportunities. I mean, it's still a solid year in playing left field. Mostly, I see he's listed here at third base, but that's because uh, currently there's no third baseman on the Mets roster. Uh, Andres Jimenez and Ahmad Rosario were both top 20 prospects at various times. Uh, One will be shortstop. The other one maybe plays third base, maybe plays second base. In your outfield, J.D. Davis is a is a D.H. masquerading as an outfielder, and they have a pair of corner guys in Conforto and Nimmo. Uh, Nimmo has two years of control. Conforto is a free agent to be. Always important to talk about that stuff when you're looking at deals. Starting pitching, Steve Matz is going to make $5.2 million. I don't know if he's necessarily worth that. They just claimed uh, Nick... Uh, Trapeno. I'm trying to remember. I always want to think he's with the was with the Reds. Maybe that was at some point in his career. Maybe he was drafted by the Reds. Is that my thought process? Uh, they have Thor coming back from injury, and Degrom, who we mentioned earlier in the show for his uh, MVP uh, performance. Let's see, I'm, I'm looking at at uh, n- uh, this. The spot track doesn't give me quite the information I want on him. I swear, was there a time he was with the Reds? Nope, drafted by the Houston Astros. So I was completely off on that one. But, uh, yeah, he spent time with Pittsburgh in 2020. Pittsburgh had a lot of guys get claimed. That was an interesting thing now that I think about it. Um, so, yeah, they, they have three starters. And then, uh, you know, Trampino has been around. Uh, Ariel Yerado was a former top prospect with the Rangers. And the Rangers need pitching. So when they are letting those guys go, that says probably all you need to know. Corey Oswalt is a, another depth arm. Bullpen's got names. Seth Lugo had some regression this past year after a great 2019. I mean, Edwin Diaz, they paid a lot to get, and he's kind of down the list. Uh, Dellen Batances opted in. They got Familia in the back. Brad Batch, I thought, also opted in. Miguel Castro has spent some time in the back of a pen. Robert Gesselman's been a swing guy for them. They have actually a pretty deep pen. And they are still paying, of course, Bobby Bonilla, but underrated guy. Uh, they're still playing Brett Saberhagen as well. Fun fact there. So why do they make such an interesting match for the Cleveland Indians? 
Let's ignore the Lindor talk. Let's just scuttle that. They need a catcher. They don't have one. Their prospects don't have one coming up anytime soon. Uh, this is a team that could use a catcher, just plain and simply. Uh, and with a new owner in town, it's going to be extra pressure under the GM to go out and uh, to make this team better than they were. They had an excellent offense. They should not have been a bottom team. They should not have been the worst team in the East. That is just a, a true statement. And thanks to that you know, first trade when they went out and added Cano and added uh, Diaz, neither of them worked out. I mean, they really took away some of the depth from their minor league system. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio is probably your biggest name. I'm a big Mark Venitos fan. Brett Batty and Matthew Allen were big name draft picks um, two years ago. JT Ginn, Pete Crow Armstrong, big name draft picks this past year. And I've always liked Thomas Sabuki, which, again, if you listen to the podcast, you know that. So they don't have a catching option in-house, and they don't have a great catching option really in general. And they need pitching. They need catching. They need pitching. So the Indians can offer them both. If you're the Cleveland Indians and you approach... Uh, this specific team this new york mets team i think your your first thought process is probably inquiring about dom smith uh because you can slot him in at first base keep naylor in the outfield or you could consider swapping both of those players uh dominic smith had a utterly fantastic year i've been trying to acquire him (laughs) into the indians for what two years now maybe three years but that is where your your asking begins. So let's let's go over to the, the handy dandy trade value site, which I do have a love hate relationship with, but it gives us some baseline value. So when we we hop over there, and I realize now as I'm looking at this that uh, I forgot to mention David Peterson, who is a prospect I've liked, and I thought the Mets got a steal of a few years ago. I would bet he is going to be in their rotation, but they could still use a pitching depth and be a legitimate fifth starter. I know Seth Lugo has wanted to start. They could try him in that role as well. Uh, But when you're looking at this New York Mets team, right now, currently, it is interesting because without a DH, uh, Jeff McNeil or Dom Smith don't have a home. Uh, J.D. Davis, I don't know if I'd want to see him at third base, but they have him listed there over on roster resources. Uh, Comforto, Nimmo, and Dom Smith is the outfield. Alonzo at first. Andres Jimenez at short. And second baseman Robinson Cano with Thomas Nitto, again, starter or catcher. So by the trade value, uh, Roberto Perez has a negative value, and I get that. And I think you look to move Austin Hedges in this case to save a few bucks. And for the Mets, Hedges... Uh, is again an upgrade over Nitto because if nothing else he's just going to be a dynamic defensive option who can run into a few home runs uh, and your pitchers are going to love him and if you're trying to upgrade your pitching staff adding a Hedges upgrade your pitching staff because of what he does behind the plate. I also find it interesting they wouldn't let me trade Carlos Carrasco that the Indians have no interest in trading him I thought that was odd like Shane Bieber is the only other guy I believe you cannot trade from the Indians when you go and you look at that, uh, because we know that's not the case, he also has a pretty low valuation of just about five. Uh, That is, if you look at it that way, uh, Carrasco plus Hedges doesn't really get you a whole lot. Um, Those two combined wouldn't net you any of the current bats with um, the Mets. But, again, if there is no DH, which 
who knows, but the Mets need to add a third baseman, and honestly, their DH should probably be J.D. Davis next year anyways. If they, uh, in this current situation, instead of Dom Smith, who's listed as a left fielder, it would be Jeff McNeil for them, who is their highest-rated player on the trade value side. So Dom Smith is still the name to target. Why am I targeting Dom Smith? Well, he played really well last year. He has the uh, prospect pedigree. He All the numbers stand out for a guy who is rising in value. He turned 25 in June, still pretty young, won't be arbitration eligible until 2022, and not a free agent until 2025. He could be your first baseman for the next five seasons. Right, That's not right. <laughs> 21, 22, 23, 24. Next four seasons. Man, simple math is escaping me. It is past midnight my time. But Smith, I think, would be a, a, a great addition for the Indians. He has a valuation of over 15. So on a base level, right now I have a 2.2 with Hedges, a 15.5 for Smith. Can't put Carrasco in there, and even if I did, that doesn't get you up to Smith's level. So the arm I look at, if I'm the Cleveland Indians, there's two guys. If you're the Indians, that you probably consider, if you're not going to move Carrasco, the two players to consider moving are Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savale. Um, they have a slightly higher value on Savale, and that's kind of what I feel as well, so I'd rather move McKenzie in such a deal. But, I mean, McKenzie is a 19.8, Savale is a 20.2. If you're curious about someone like Quantrell, he's only a 9.8. Um, you kind of have to improve his valuation before you could try flipping him, but I would like to see him as that fifth starter because you can possibly uh, in, improve his value. And at this point in time, if we have Tristan McKenzie, it's a 19.8 and a 2.2. That's a nice, easy value of 22. Mentioned uh, Dom Smith is a 15.5. So now the Indians are giving up too much value. And the first name that kind of came to mind was Ahmad Rosario, who was a former high-end prospect. Uh, the defensive numbers for him have been fantastic as a shortstop. He's got three years of experience is a uh, in the majors. It had a negative war this past year uh, by baseball reference. Trying to see, yeah, at one point in time, he was, before the 2017 season, he was the fifth-rated prospect by MLB, eighth by Baseball America, eighth by Baseball Perspective. Perspectives. So amongst kind of the three historical names, he was considered one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball by all those sites. Uh, 60 defender, 60 hit type. Why would the Mets move on from him? Well, they have Jimenez, and Rosario could be moving into more of a backup role. He has had three seasons. Um, and while he has had three seasons, he won't turn 25 until uh, the end of November. So still a young player. Played some shortstop, mostly playing shortstop for them. If the Indians moved their shortstop, they could be looking for a player at that position. Rosario's valuation is a little more than three, so a little more than Hedges. And you could look at them. His offensive production, his career uh, WRC plus is an 89. So he's been one standard derivation below the overall league's average bat. That is with 400 games played in the majors. A year ago, he was at 100 even with the 5.9 defensive value, 2.7 war. That's kind of what you're hoping for, that that's what he can do every year. Uh, again, he had a negative value uh, on uh, baseball reference and a 0.1, so right around replacement level. But 
pedigrees there and he can certainly handle the position so when you add him in you're at a uh, 18.1 so that's a you know at this point in time it's it's a closer value for the Indians and the Mets uh, to, to if you offer that deal I think Cleveland has to consider it because you're getting uh, two players that could conceivably help the Indians next year um, both offensively and it gives you a potential replacement shortstop uh, 18.1 compared to 22 even it's a, a bit of an overpay so if you're just coming down and looking at players that are kind of in that four point range for the Cleveland Indians to make such a deal make sense the guy who's a little bit more in a four point is again Thomas Zapuki who I've liked for a long time the lefty uh, he has a four point or 5.4 overall value he would be my target. I mean, I've been very honest in the fact that uh, I carry a high valuation and have been a fan of his for a while. The The Mets don't have anyone who's really going to help you in the upper minors. Uh, trying to sit, look at their top prospects. Uh, Zapuki should help next year. He's 24 years of age. He's been in the minors for a while. Injuries held him back. Uh, Franklin Colome, who they got from the Phillies might be someone you're hoping can help you next year. They're not, it's a very young minors overall. So, uh, Zapuki stood out. So if you could get him in this trade, you trade McKenzie, who I still, um, I just think, yes, McKenzie has a higher ceiling. Savali has the higher floor. If I'm going to move one, I'd rather move um, McKenzie than Savali, even though McKenzie does have more years of control. You could still stretch out uh, Quantrell. I think he could still start. I think you, they have uh, the perfect team to maximize him. And you still have all the players like Moss and Henkes and Morgan, who are those cusp guys who they have had a lot of success with over the years. Maybe I'm overestimating the Indians' ability to find more pitching, but uh, it's the one thing they've been able to do time and time again. So, yeah, just thought uh, fun to talk about the Mets again and another attempt to get Dominic Smith to the Indians. And I mean, Dom Smith and Ahmad Rosario, they just, it's an ideal get. You get a guy who could be a middle of the order bat and play above average to plus defense at first base, which when you have it is always a plus. Uh, sure, it's not something you go out of your way to add, but having it just accentuates his value. And then you get a slick glove shortstop to replace a slick glove shortstop he's not gonna hit like Ramirez like uh, Lindor but uh, they don't have a lot of other options right away at shortstop so it gives you if nothing else someone who can be a stopgap turn into a utility guy and maybe if you're lucky he blossoms into the player who was universally viewed as one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball one of the elite of the elite by all the sites there was enough there for people to believe this was going to be a guy who was going to hit about 300. He did hit 287 a year ago with some good on-base skills, some doubles, some speed while playing uh, plus defense at short. So maybe the Indians could help figure it out. They have uh, they have turned other people's trash into treasure in the past. But those two players are going to continually be a uh, two I would love to see the Indians figure out a way to get. The Mets' depth makes one of their bats gettable so that that's the other thing they have a bat they can trade that has multiple years of control that makes them a perfect match for the indians the indians have pitching the mets need pitching the indians have catching the mets need catching uh even without looking at a lindor 
deal the Indians could always and I know someone's out there going that doesn't help the outfield I don't have time to get into my crazy Lindor proposal from uh, earlier today but I will talk about kind of my crazy Lindor proposal on the show tomorrow instead I have been Jeff Ellis you can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft I'm a little nervous about the sound I'm getting some high spikes today and I'm unsure why so let me know how the sound likes on this podcast as always remember to rate and review And I give my big thank you to everyone who listens, downloads, tells a friend, all that great stuff, writes a review. It is all hugely important to this podcast. And as always, go Tribe.